my window. Yeah. Guys, welcome to Fitness Business Secrets. Today, I've got an episode with the amazing Costa. Costa, welcome back to Fitness Business Secrets, brother. Thanks, Jimmy. Excited to give value to as much as I can. Yeah, and guys, today we're going to be covering uh, how to onboard a new staff member. We're going to be covering three things particularly, making sure you hire the right person for the right role, being able to sell them on the journey and the progressions on the business, um, and making sure that they have understanding about how your business uh, operates, how it runs, who you helps, who, who you help, and all the important things that they need to know um, to be an incredible staff member in the business. Um, but mate, Costa, mate, how many staff do you reckon you've onboarded in your life, brother? Over twenty-five now. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon I'd be up like above fifty. And you know, one of the things um, that I often talk about with this management and client onboarding, um, you don't really learn that in your PT certificate. So you know, I'm sure um, you've made like a lot of mistakes in your journey, and you're constantly, um, you know, kind of optimizing this. Um, and Costa, how much, how much, uh, how many staff do you have in your business currently, brother? Uh, we've got seven. Yep. And um, so, mate, guys, let's dive into it. So let's add, add a little bit of value. So, Costa, when you're looking to make sure that you've hired the right person for the right role in the business, um, do you just want to kind of explain to the guys what that means to you? Yeah, look, at the same, the first initial consult or the first time someone applies or they reach out to you, the first thing you got to do, um, you want to actually see the person that you're interviewing has done the research on your business and how far they've dug deep to know what your business is all about. So one of the guys that I have, I'll give you a perfect example. One of the guys that currently that I have now working for me, he dived in and he actually knew which professional athletes that I trained back in 2015. He knew yep. which pub that I worked with because he read my resume. He went on my LinkedIn. He saw where I was at. He knew who I was affiliated with. And he knew what we kind of stand for, right? So for me, that was a big, big, you know, green flag. But yep. then also I had someone on the other side when I said, hey, mate, like, what do you know about us? What do we do really well here? What do you know? And then he pretty much turned around and goes, oh, I know you guys offer support for everyone. It's 24-7. He said, so you're pretty much saying it's where I've been 24-7. He goes, yes, that is the wrong answer. So yep. for me, this person didn't do their homework and they're trying to bluff their way through the interview. So for me, that's a red flag. So I pretty much stopped the conversation there. Um, then after that, I tried to give him a little bit of benefit of a doubt, but everything that he was answering didn't really make sense to what we actually do. So that's step number one is actually making sure they do their homework and they know what the business is about, what we stand for, what we deliver, and how we actually kind of run, you know, with groups. You know, so if you're interviewing someone, you got to know, are you a semi-private gym? Do they know that? Do they know if you're a big group gym? Do they know if you're big on community? Do they know if you're big on social events? Do they know if you're big on charity? Um, you need to really understand, or you're just a PT model. You got to really, they need to really understand what you're all about before they walk in. And you got to find out why they attracted, got attracted to, to um, apply for you. And I think that's like a really amazing question to ask during the interview process of, you know, what do you know about the business? Because, you know, it's not really too hard and, and you're not expecting them to know everything about the business, right, Costa? But um, just to know like what types of services you offer, because essentially, you know, all they have to do to learn a little bit about our businesses is essentially go to the website, spend 15 to 20 minutes on there. And whilst they don't have to have, you know, the world's best understanding, they will know like the concepts of what the business is, how you operate, who you help, what types of classes, opening hours, and, and things like that. So is that something that 
that you ask early in the interview process just to see essentially how professional the person is who's, you know, inquiring for this role with you? That's my first question. Yeah. yeah. And, what do you know about us? Yeah, and Costa, we, we, we talk a little bit about hiring the right person for the right role. And, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast a little bit, I got myself into an issue uh, once. We had a really amazing trainer. Um, essentially, we sold that trainer into being a manager when they didn't want didn't want to be a manager in a certain role. Um, what are you looking for, um, you know, inside your communications and hiring cadence to make sure you've got the right person for the right role in terms of, you know, coaching, retention, sales, management with inside your business, brother? Yeah, look, we ask um, everyone that I interview, I ask them where they want to go, where do they want to be? Um, so it just all kind of like varies on how long they've been a coach for, you know what I mean? So, like, I've had people apply for me that have been a trainer for 10 years, 12 years. I've had someone straight out of school, someone still studying. So, you can, you know, the ones that are really studying and, and only been in it for, like, so long, you can kind of nurture them. But the more the experienced coaches are looking for a little bit more, so they're probably looking to lead a team of coaches. They're probably leading, wanting to lead more sales, more marketing. So, it's all about, you know, understanding of where they're at and meet them where they're at. And yeah. then as the flow goes on, like I've had some amazing trainers, but they were really bad managers. Um, that's, you know, I'll put that down to two things, a little bit of them, but it's more about me because I probably didn't onboard them properly. So that's a lesson that I've learned is, you know, you've got to really educate them so they can be able to lead people because if I can't lead them, how can they lead someone else? But then sometimes you've got to draw the line because someone actually wanted to become really good at suspensions, cancellations, but they just couldn't be able to handle we know when someone gives them a little backlash and they try to do a block a bit of a strategy to keep them on board but then they'll just kind of you know buckle under pressure and not be not be able to save that client give them the right um plan for them because their circumstances have, has changed you know and that went over for more than eight weeks so i pretty much had to tell that person hey this role is not very suited for you because you're struggling with that aspect if that kind of makes sense to me yeah, no, that does that does make sense. And, you know, when we're looking is like I do like to hire internally, um, yeah. like where we're essentially getting, um, you know, people within our business to go to a management role. I don't see kind of any issues with that as such. But where I've got into issues, and it sounds like you have as well, is where you put someone and I put someone in a management role and then we haven't given them adequate training. Um, to be able to, um, you know, really, really thrive in that role. And I think that's where I went wrong with my initial story um, about the person his actually name was Jimmy as well, um, is we kind of put him in a management role, Costa, and go, hey, you know, go for broke. But we didn't actually, you know, put in the training systems of like training them to actually fulfill the role over like a, a four to 12 week, 12 week period. Because, I'm not sure. Do you really like it when your staff like want to go to higher levels of the business? They want to do management. They want to do sales. Do you, do you like that when they say that, Costa? Um, yes and no. It just all depends on the person. Do you know what I mean? Like some people, you know, will try to do that. I always try to look at the good in the person, but they're trying to do that because they want to open up up the road. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So things like that. Like if they're willing to work together and they're very honest with me, you know, and transparent from the start more than happy to but if they're trying to you know be more shady which i don't like i like people being up front with me and tell me how it is and if they don't want to hear it then we'll work out a game plan if that kind of makes sense jimmy yeah and i think um you know one of the difficult things you know in business is as we're building our team is 
um, I know it's happened to you, Costa. It's happened to me in time where you've essentially trained someone like this happened in our gyms, also in the current business I have, um, where you train someone and then essentially, you know, they leave and start their own gym or online business and things like that. Um, so it is definitely like a, a little bit tricky um, for sure, being able to manage, being able to manage that process. And then Costa, when someone's kind of starting with you, brother, um, how do you kind of sell them on the journey in the business and what their progressions will be? Yeah, look, we'll just sit down and say, where do they want to be? Um, as yep. you know, Jimmy, I've got a big um, background in athlete development and we look after a lot of sporting clubs and high-level athletes. Um, so people come to me and go, we want to, um, you know, we want to be dealing with these kind of people. But I'll be honest with you, for me to start dealing with people that play for Australia, represent Australia, play at a really level um, soccer, play professional contracts overseas, um, mate, it took me about uh, four years for me to be able to break into that. Yeah. And you have to buy your time. So I just tell them the truth. I said, look, I know you want to get there, but it's not going to happen. You've got to be able to build your skill set, right? You've got to be able to know how to coach at a really high level because if these guys get injured, it's on you. These guys are making two, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year. And if you injure them, if you make them worse, it falls back on you. So it's actually really, it's a job that it's really like you've got to be on. Do you know what I mean? It's not just trying to make someone lose a couple kilos. So I pretty much tell them, hey, you need to become really good at this and you're going to get a really good result here. And then you're going to be able to build your communication, you know, with the general population and get really good results until you can start to move here and then start having, um, putting the programs together. That's kind of, because at the end of the day, athletes and general pop can still train to like at a similar programming in a way. So you're going to be able to get them really good. And then after you've done that, then you can slowly start to earn your right, not training really high-level people, but people that are trying to kind of make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I just pretty much tell them. And I, and I tell them, you know, from zero to 12 months, you know, I want you to be able to train this population, get X amount of results, X amount of weight loss, X amount of uh, muscle gain, be able to change their mindset. Because even when we get the professional athletes, they've been told so many different things, right? They've had different coaches. They've been running around here, been going there. They got sent here. So their mind is everywhere. So you've got to be able to they understand your method, which takes a long time to be able to build that communication. And, um, mate, it's really, really common. Um, and I understand the, the want because I wanted to train professional athletes as well. Um, now you're someone that's actually done this. You work with like a lot of sporting clubs, a lot of athletes and things like that. Um, but that's, just like a really, really long-term, um, journey to actually get to that level. I never got to the level that you were at. Um, but it takes like a lot of, like, I remember I worked with the Manly Seagulls for two years as like a, a kind of junior strength and conditioning coach for their junior squads and things like that. Um, but it takes, um, like years and years and years to actually break through, you know, within that market and, you know, for the really high level strength coaches of the world, it's a very small industry and niche um, because there's only certain amount of sporting clubs out there and certain amount of athletes and things like that. Um, but Costa, mate, I just want to talk a bit, a little bit more about how you progress people. So I want you to imagine if I'm like a trainer in your business, Costa, um, is I know that you really focus it to train them, to make them better coaches. What are some of the things that you do within the business to actually help me become a better coach? Um, that maybe, you know, some of the people listening or, or listening to might be able to get some inspiration from? Yeah, look, you've got you to gotta make time for your team. You must upskill your team. You must know what your team wants to get better at. And then I run an upskilling every Monday for two hours. 
Okay, yeah. and the first 30 to 45 minutes, we go through client wins. Um, we go through what's bothering them, what do they want to improve on. And then after that, we go on the gym floor and then we run a practical for about an hour, an hour and 15. And then I just run through a little bit of theory on the whiteboard, why we do certain stuff. And then at the back of that, then we actually apply it straight away. So, hey, we are doing this, this glute exercise to target this area. Doing this area will improve this. Does that yeah. kind of make sense? So they understand, they can replay that back to the client that they have. And then they get better understanding of the human body and how results are going to be generated. And so in that, so you have a session, it's hour 15, is that right? Um, it's two hours all up. The first oh. 25 minutes is all about in the business. What's bothering? What do they want to improve on? What did we see wrong go last week? What went right? What went wrong? What do they want to improve on? So whatever they want to improve on, I write it down. So when it comes back to the following week, I might have to change my upskilling. Right, yeah. and it just gives me a good week to prepare for what they want to do. And then when you know when they say you know Costa, it's getting a little bit chaotic. Someone's coming into the program at five fifteen. That can't happen anymore because the class is getting too busy. Then obviously you know we just come up with a plan and set up a lifting class for them to do the program before the five fifteen. So we tell those kind of people so the business can always keep running smooth because we always face difficulties, as you know. The more you grow, the more problems you have. Yeah, so you kind of do it the same way that we do. So you combine a team meeting with education. Yeah. Um, now, we did that. I wonder if yours is the same because we did it separate, but it kind of got like a little bit frustrating to get everyone's timetable together. And That's so that, is that why you do one longer meeting where you're like, hey, here's our, you, this is a team, it sounds like a team meeting for the business. And then you t you attach the education off the back. Is that the same reason? That's exactly right, mate, because people schedule all over the place. Yeah. Um, so if you do one, and then it's a non-negotiable for my business. So a perfect example, um, it goes every Monday from 11 until 1. Yeah. Um, if you don't show up, you, I don't care about your private. You can book them before, you can book them after. Whatever meetings you have, this is a big priority. Um, whoever comes to those, and because I've got a few casuals and stuff, are the ones that get rewarded, which is getting rewarded with extra personal training sessions, extra group classes, um, bonuses when it comes to their quarterly. Um, if they've hit every single upskilling, which I've had three coaches now, has not missed an upskilling in a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having those non-negotiables are really important because you show how much you value it, um, both you personally, and obviously your time's incredibly valuable, but how much the business values it as well. Um, yeah. So you kind of got to have those those standards. And then if we talk about the education um, side of it, how much time are you spending on that in that meeting? Is it like 45 minutes or an hour where you're just upskilling them, brother? Um, education as in like to becoming a better coach or to become yeah. better as... Become as a, a better coach, yeah. Yeah, so if you want, like if you're talking about technical, like coaching cues and things like that, it's about an hour and 15 and the other 45 it's just based about how to, um, the way I'm, I'm big and I think I do really well, is how to get the best out of someone and actually asking the right questions and knowing how to find those triggers to be able to get them to go to the next level. Yeah, and um, and Costa, mate, I'll share like a little story just to find out how you did it. So what we kind of did in our education, we ran it pretty much exactly the same as you did. Um, is what we did initially is we planned out like a 12-month education cadence um, and then kind yeah. of after a month, we essentially threw that in the bin um, and started to kind of coach more based on what we we're seeing on the floor, like within those within those sessions on a weekly basis, because we found that more powerful. Um, now, that's a way yeah. that we did it. I'm not saying that that's the, the best way. How do you kind of plan 
what you're going to be coaching your or coaches on a, on a weekly, monthly basis. Yeah, mate. So to be honest with you, um, like I said on the, I I'm on the gym floor, and then I literally get my phone out sometimes, and yep. then I just write notes when I'm seeing really bad. That like from that's how we did it, yeah. Yeah, from positioning yourself in the room. I'm like, hey, when you do it, we've got such a big room, you've got the music pumping. Why are you standing against the brick wall? You should be in the middle of the room so that your voice projects um, split. Do you know what I mean? Everyone goes, oh, yep. shit, I didn't look at it that way. Well, you've got to, you're warming up a class, you know what I mean? I don't want you to be standing behind anybody because, you know, people take things a different way. Like, you're looking at them, you know, girls start to feel uncomfortable. So, so you must be in the middle of the floor as you're demonstrating the exercises. And then people start to become better and go, thank you, Costa. I didn't stuff that up, but it's good for me to know from my knowledge. Yeah, and a lot of it in um in coaching as well is um you know even even in our own lives is sometimes you know we just needed to be reminded on basic things over and over because you know no one's perfect. The guys running the sessions is essentially you know thirty to fifty things that they need to do like in each session. Um, yeah. so often it's just kind of reminding them, but also I know that you um like study a lot and you're still coaching people. Is I think. Um, you know, having having um, a good good sense of where your business is at um, and knowing what is happening in the sessions is incredibly important. It's why, you know, a lot of people really, really struggle. Like a lot of uh, people say the F45 investors and stuff is they really struggled to build a really good business because they weren't in there and they didn't actually have an understanding of how they wanted the sessions to run and things like that. Wow. Um, and, and outside of that, so you've got kind of like that that meeting that goes for two hours. Do you, What type of other communications do you have in terms of meetings, you know, with your coaches, if any, um, just to learn about like their journey, their progressions as a coach and things like that, mate? Yeah, so I catch up with them um, individually weekly for 12 minutes, 12 to 15 minutes I've done. Yeah. And, we'll just, and then we'll just go straight to the point, Jimmy. I just, when I first do it, so like one of our coaches, Bailey, said, Bailey, What's on your mind, mate? What's bothering you? Can you please let me know? And, you know, let's say, Costa, this person is becoming more flaky. All right, why are they becoming flaky? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Let's reinvent it. All right, cool. What would you do? So the one, three, one rule that me and you talk about too, Jimmy. So they give me the problem. They give me three solutions to the problem. So, you know, if they're not, if they're being flaky, I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm texting them. Okay, you text. What else can you do? I can call them or I can email them. Like, Which one do you want to do first? I'm like, I'll call them. I say, correct. So what you should do now, you should be getting on the phone and giving them a call, stop hiding behind messages and emails behind the screen, get on top of them now, and let's do that. Let's try that over the next two, three days, right? Let's get them back on board, see what's wrong, see why they're becoming like this. Is it something in their personal life? Is it something that, you know, that we can help with, you know, so we can get them back on board? Yeah. And so um, I do that with every coach um, that I can, and then that's how, and the ones that don't miss a call, are the ones in my business that are really, really flourishing. Yeah. And, mate, just finally, like, we always, uh, sometimes, like, when we're hiring staff, you know, you would get 20, 30 applicants. Other times when we're hiring, it would be really, really, really bloody challenging. And I know a lot of fitness business owners have the same challenges that you have in terms of being able to find coaches when you need them. Um now, what is your, your kind of go-to, um, like, say, two to three ways to find coaches? Is it, you know, trying to find people that you've worked with within the business, maybe using Seek or those platforms or any other ways that you've hired coaches over the, the last year or so that's um, helped you find, you know, an, a coach that's good enough for your business, brother? 
Yeah, so probably guys don't know, I'm one of the head lecturers at Free College. So oh, okay. Yeah. So I work, I work there and, um, and I lecture um, cert threes and fours. So obviously, you know, when they come in, um, if if it's something, you know, the best part about like as my journey has been going, it's kind of changing. Um, so I'm, like I used to coach probably about eighty hours to eighty five hours a week, um, yeah. actually like on the floor. Now it's really backed off. So now I'm more educational, working with you alongside you, Jimmy, and becoming more an educator. So when I go into the classes and I mentor and I lecture, I actually ask them what they want to do and where do they want to be. Um, so if it's something that I can help them with and I can see if they're a good fit for my business, then I offer them an internship. Um, the first thing that I've been doing now, which is I'm still old school, I still think that you got to earn your stripes. Yeah, uh, People say it doesn't really work that anymore, but and it sometimes look a lot of people in about two, three weeks, they drop off on me in the internship. But for me, it's, I see it is they're not in it for the long haul. But the coaches that I have been doing, they're actually doing like a good intensive eight weeks of learning of all our systems, all our classes and how we operate. And one of the things that I do now is when I'm lecturing, I see if they're a good fit. I get them from that. I'm also a mentor for the IAPT as well. So they kind of send um, uh, people that are studying and they need to do their hours. And if they see if they're a really good fit, then I offer them an internship as well. Um, I have hired internally as well, which is very, very good. I'll only hire internally if someone's been with me for more than a year and a half. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my rules. And so, so like you feel like like um being involved or having a relationship with the companies like you know Fit College and things like that has been really helpful for you. Yeah, very helpful, Jimmy, because um it's just a good way. Look, you're not going to get the best candidates, but it's always good to have a big pool. And to anyone out there, I recommend that you look for for coaches 365 days a year. We market right. We might we should be marketing our fitness business every single day through social yep. media, through paid ads, through referrals, whatever that might look like. But we stop with training and then we go, oh, shit, someone's dropped off. We don't know when someone's going to knock on the door and say to you, hey, Jimmy, I'm done. And you yep. go, oh, shit, I need to find someone ASAP. So, like, I'm actually interviewing a trainer in 20 minutes. But the thing is, do I need them? No. But can I help them slowly build? And if something happens in my business... I've got someone ready to go that potentially could take on their role. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd really love that. I was actually, we've been doing a bit of uh, like sales mentoring um, with an amazing guy named Sean. Um, and he actually told us that where it's like, you always want to be looking for people um, even if you don't have a role. So essentially you're treating it kind of like a, a, a sales pipeline as such, like you would do, you know, within the gym with all the sales you close. Um, and I think that's a, such an amazing tip to share um, where you always want to be constantly looking because we had, you know, trainers, um, you know, leave at certain times and it was like really, really unexpected, right, um, of certain things that happen. They want to go traveling, whatever it is. Um, so I think that's such an amazing tip to uh, share with the guys. So Costa, mate, thank you so much uh, for jumping on today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and um, thank you for sharing some of the lessons that you've learned building such an incredible fitness business, brother. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on, mate. Can't wait to do more podcasts.